Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Panini America is breaking new ground with exclusive NIL deals featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. They had Washington's Michael Penix Jr. How about J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback at Michigan, rising star Arch Manning at Texas. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. New features coming out all the time. Brand new license with WWE that's now there at the Panini site. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Make sure you check out everything for the most popular trading cards with brands like Prism, Donruss, and more at PaniniAmerica.net or the Panini Direct app. Plus, discover Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest moments of the week. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today. The official trading cards and NFTs of The Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to The Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We did it. We're back. Nobody looks less tan than we do. We need to have a sunblock sponsor, SB100. Mayonnaise. Gang's almost all here. We're a man down. Seton is back tomorrow, but Fritzy's here. Marvin's, Paulie, and uh, yours truly. Great vacation. We'll talk about that coming up. I went on a vacation where I went fly fishing. And when you go fly fishing and you're floating on a river, you have to cover up. So from head to toe, long sleeve, you got to have a big hat on. You got to have sunblock on because you're on the river for six or seven hours just floating fishing. And uh, you come back and people say, oh, where have you been? I went on vacation. Oh, oh, did you go any place warm? I go, well, yeah, I was in Wyoming and Montana. And uh, yeah, it was warm. Oh, you don't look like you went on vacation. So we came in today and we're like, God, do we look like we went on vacation? Paulie, you got a little bit of uh, sun there. My forearms look like they're tan. The rest of me looks like I was in wrapped up like a mummy for a week. Yes, Todd, you? I sat by the pool. I don't know how much tan I got, but okay. I spent a few days. I enjoyed uh, being by the pool, just putting the sunblock on. Marvin, you look like you got some color. 
Per usual. Yeah, you're looking good. <laughs> Thanks. We are rested, I will say that, but uh, Seaton will be back tomorrow. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow, and uh, we'll get to your phone calls every Monday, as we always do. Best and worst of the weekend, what you saw that you liked, you didn't like, and uh, a lot of things to talk about. It is the slowest part of the uh, sports season, and that is right around the All-Star break. But uh, Home Run Derby coming up tonight, the All-Star game tomorrow, and, of course, the looming topic, what do the Angels do with Shohei Otani? Also, NBA Summer League. Okay, you know it's a slow night when your wife says to you, what are you watching? And you go, well, cornhole right now, hon. And then uh, NBA Summer League coming up, and then also baseball draft. Wait, you're going to watch those? Yeah. 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 Hard to sell. A little desperate last night. There was some good axe throwing the other day. I don't know if you got a chance to catch that. <laughs> this hour brought to you by our good friends at Mercedes-Benz, the electric EQS sedan from Mercedes-Benz. Innovation on a magnificent scale. Available with the epic 56-inch touch-sensitive hyperscreen. The feeling is all Mercedes. The vehicle is all electric. Learn more at Mercedes-Benz, mbusa.com slash EQS. Poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Todd, are you going to do poll question uh, duties I since sure not here? All righty. can do that. Okay. Well, give, it, give the audience a sample here of uh, what could be in store for them today. We can do that. Paulie had one. What would you most like to know the outcome of? Lillard trade, Northwestern's investigation, Wembanyama's career, or other. So that's something to think about. Okay. We had, after watching Victor W. in his first two summer league games, I think he will have a respectable NBA career. He'll be an all-time great someday. He won't come close to living up to expectations. Or it's ridiculous to evaluate a player after two meaningless games. Okay. We also had what's least likely, least likely. James Harden to the Clippers. Dame to the Heat. Chris Paul will be a bad fit on Golden State. Victor will be an NBA bust. Or that I tuned in for any of the MLB draft. <laughs> What's the least likely of that? I watched the first two picks, the LSU teammates. Here's the problem with baseball's draft. And, uh, you know, in no particular order what we're discussing today, but I was watching the draft and I go, you know what? These LSU players coming off the World Series and highly thought of, uh, you know, the pitcher Paul Skeens is considered, you know, maybe the next Mark Pryor from the standpoint of being the perfect pitcher. Remember, Mark Pryor. When he was coming out of college, oh my gosh, that's the perfect pitcher. Uh, Steven Strasburg, we were told, oh, that's the perfect pitcher. There is no perfect pitcher. But Paul Skeens out of LSU is highly touted. He's going to the Pirates. And I thought, okay, you know, that's wonderful. I won't see him for three more years. No other sport fails to capitalize off championships like baseball does. Why is it that an 18-year-old can go right out of high school, maybe a year in the G League or college, and go right to the NBA? You know, Adrian Peterson was ready to play after his freshman year at Oklahoma. Now, he had to wait because college football makes you wait, and the NFL, in conjunction, makes you wait. But still, you get to see them. That's the problem with uh, you know baseball players. You're like, all right, okay, we're going to wait a little while here. See these guys at LSU? Sure. All right. Oh, that's right. That guy, yeah, he won a title how many years ago? Yeah, Paul. You really have to go back three years. Like every, If you go back to the draft, usually it's three years. You kind of know what's what. Like three years ago, the 2019 draft, 
Adley Rutschman to the Orioles, Bobby Witt Jr. to the Royals, uh, Andrew Vaughn to the Sox, uh, Josh Jung for the Rangers. These guys are all playing really well right now. But half of the draft, I'm looking at the draft, aren't in the, in the bigs yet. I'd say half of the first round have not made the bigs after three years. Okay, shouldn't there be a Well, this would be if we ran baseball, that every player drafted in the, let's say, the first 15 picks of Major League Baseball, the draft you get to go to the big league as soon as you get drafted. Like you, we'll find a roster spot like, for like you. tomorrow? Yes. Oh. Yeah, like Paul Skeens could be pitching for the Pirates tomorrow. Like, that would be great. You're able to capitalize on that. But also, we're wondering, um, Ellie De La Cruz with the uh, Reds, can we put him in the All-Star game tomorrow night? Does the commissioner, well, I guess he has the power, but can you, can you add? They've added players before. Usually players who are retiring, they're saying, uh, hey, uh, Cal Ripken, you get to play. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, you get to play. Like, wait, how about a cameo here for you guys? Let's say goodbye to these great players. But what about, you know, some of the emerging stars here who aren't going to be in the All-Star game? Now, they like to have that Futures game, but nobody cares about that. I want to see them be able to play. And, you know, the Reds have a couple of really good players. But it'd be fun to see them in the All-Star game. I know they have to be worthy, and there's voting process, and then, what, managers are picking the rest of the roster. But it would be fun to see him because yesterday he stole three bases in 90 seconds. He stole second, third, and home in 90 seconds. Be fun. He's one of those, you know, tra- you know transformational ch- type of players where you go, oh, my God, that guy, he's gone from this to that and the excitement level that he gives you. Yes, Paul. It appears that the commissioner could do that. I think the commissioner can kind of do what they want with the All-Star game because it's an exhibition. I can't find that's ever been done before. The young player was inserted in the All-Star game. Mm. I, that was just like, he only mm. played 30 games and you get in. I wonder what the reaction would be to that. Well, it, maybe it's just me that I'd be fun to see that happen there. And it's like, you know what? Now, I don't want to take somebody off the roster. I don't want... Well, well that's good TV. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> the commissioner walks up to somebody or the manager goes, uh, hey, Jimmy Lippert, come here. Yes, yeah, Skip. Uh we got somebody who's going to replace you. He's more exciting there. What? Yeah, but we got some nice parting gifts there. Yes, Todd. <laughs> like a baseball hard knocks kind of thing. When yeah. someone's okay. giving me a, here you go, yeah. we need the book back from you. Yeah. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. And uh, we'll have the poll question. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Operator Tyler standing by to take your phone calls. A lot of reaction to us going to Ireland coming up next month. And uh, it was pointed out to me that Will Farrell, while he's joining us, doesn't like Notre Dame. Oh. Yeah, USC guy. USC. Yeah. Used to stand on the sidelines and uh, apparently, according to Brady Quinn, make fun of the former Notre Dame quarterback while he was playing. And uh, I said, okay, what's the problem with that? But uh, Will Farrell will join us in Ireland. We'll be doing our shows over there at the end of the month. And then we cap it off with Notre Dame. And Navy, last I looked, Notre Dame favored by 20. Yes, Paul? I could see Will showing up to on set with a full Naval uniform. Full. I'm fine with that. I might be getting in trouble for that, yeah. but it'd be wild. Yeah, fine with that. He's officially in, though. By the way, has anybody stole for the cycle before? Like, stole second, third, and home? I guess, you know, 
that would be over a course of a game. When's the last time somebody stole second, third, and home in a game? He did it in 90 seconds. Maybe we could get some of our best people on that, our research people. Yes, Paul. By the way, a lot of people are asking uh, that picture of you. We had a pretty good-looking fish there in Montana. Yes. What, what's the etiquette? Like, How often do you catch a fish? It was a lot of work to get your first one. This was on the Wise River, the big hole oh. in Montana. The complete fly fisherman is where I, uh, I went to and stayed there with two of my brothers. But you uh, show up early, have breakfast, and then you get all packed up, and then you head out on the river. And then you're out there for about seven hours. And I think I caught about 25 trout. Now, it's catch and release. By the way, the brown trout are unbelievable. They are beasts. Like, they're, they're killers. But, give you know, great fight. And they're uh, barbless hooks, so it's really hard to land them. They're very smart fish, but we had a lot of fun and uh, caught a couple of uh, fish that were about 20 inches long. And, uh, you, know, it, you know, there were a couple that got away, a couple of big ones that got away with other people who I was fishing with, where one, I thought we needed a bigger boat <laughs> because it actually uh, was hooked and it was pulling the boat. And then it snapped the line. But uh, the scenery is spectacular there. Uh, beautiful. And a uh, lot of fun. But I will say, it's not Brad Pitt in A River Runs Through It. Oh. Just want to let you know, it's not that glamorous. At least, we didn't look that glamorous the way we were fly fishing. There was nothing in slow motion. It was all, you know, uh, I think I got my line caught in that bush over there. Yes, Paul. You don't keep a couple of the big ones nope. to cook later over nope. a roaring fire and a skillet? No, nope. nope. Nothing? No, I love that it's catch and release. You guys don't like roll into Billings and go to Red Lobster, do you? What do you, what do, you do for dinner? No, no, we had chef. We had uh, oh. husband and wife. Oh. Unbelievable chefs that they cooked every single night. Every single night. And I met uh, a musician, Les Claypool. Yeah. Yeah, he was there. Uh, Sean Lennon, uh, John Lennon's son, was there fly fishing. So it was a, a group of people there. You kind of throw everybody together, and you're out there fly fishing for a couple of days. Yes, Todd? What is the safe window of time to get that trout back in the water so that uh, nothing terrible happens to the fish? Well, you have guides who will help you with that, and they're very, very, very knowledgeable. And they'll be, if they can't get the hook out, they leave it in the net, in the water, and then you know bring it back up. But they're very aware and very sensitive of uh, you know keeping this place beautiful. I didn't get to see any real animals, but I did talk to a woman who gave me a ride to the airport. And I said, uh, she goes, did you see any wildlife? And I go, no, no, didn't see any elk or moose. or." And she goes, well, you know, we have a problem with, uh, with wolves. And I go, with wolves? She goes, yes, uh, a lot of them. And in the wintertime, we, uh, we found that uh, one of the wolves went on our front porch and grabbed the family dog. And I go, what? Not grabbed and tickled either. No. <laughs> like, not like, hey, let's no. play around. Yeah. Hey, Gra grab and go. Oh, oh, it's grab and go. Yeah, but they got the dog back. Uh, but but the, the wolves are very uh, aggressive. Did they catch and release you? Like they, 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 no. It was just... they, they, there wasn't even a catch and release with the dog, oh. but, but they scared the wolf. But yeah, you know, you're up there and you forget you're in the wilderness there. I mean, it's... That uh, they got bear, you know, I mean, they got stuff going on there, but we didn't see any of that. I think it was too warm for these animals to come out. But, you know, th there's not a cloud in the sky. 
So when they say big sky country, there's no cover. So when you're out in the sun, there, there's no clouds whatsoever, it feels like. And then all of a sudden they start to emerge a little bit later in the day. But a lot of fun and caught some fish. So good vacation had by one and all. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. There's nothing like a great night's sleep. Every great day starts the night before. Quality sleep can help boost your reaction time and recovery time and performance. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your one-of-a-kind, ever-evolving sleep needs. So, how do you take it to the next level? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you choose the ideal comfort, the firmness on each side. Two beds in one, that's your sleep number. Mine is 75. The beds automatically respond and adjust to your movements, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Amazing after a tough workout. Sleep Number Smart Beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. It's like having a coach for a great night's sleep. And right now, during Sleep Number's President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. See store for details. Stat of the day is always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Odds to win the home run derby. Anybody want to take a guess? Todd, I'll start with you. The odds-on favorite, according to DraftKings, to win tonight's home run derby. I know I'm wrong, but I'm going to go with Mookie Betts. Why do you go, I know I'm wrong, just Because I, not, no one's going to pick Mookie Betts, but I'm going to say Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is a long shot there. Marvin? I'm going to go Vlad Guerrero Vlad Jr. Vlad Guerrero Jr., the third, is second. Paulie? Pete Alonso takes it seriously. Pete Alonso is your favorite. Oh! Slight favorite over Vlad Guerrero Jr., the third. Julio Rodriguez is going to be my pick. Local hero makes good. Jeff Passan, ESPN senior baseball insider. 
He is joining us from the city of Seattle. Home Run Derby tonight at 8 Eastern on the Mothership and ESPN2. I'm curious, at what point do you become an insider? And do you declare yourself an insider? Or, or are you designated an insider? Dan, I've been an outsider my entire life, so I have no idea at which point I became an insider. And it was 100% definitively not a self-appointed title. Okay. So I'm I'm going to leave that to the uh, to the others and uh, just ride the wave as long as I can. All right. Um, serious question here: Can the commissioner put Ellie Dela Cruz into the All Star game? Yes. Oh. Okay. He actually has like there's like a commissioner's discretion choice. Yeah. Where he could ha- where he could have done that and he did not. And and he didn't because I, I you know, I think generally speaking the commissioner uh in in the many many years that this has been available and by that I mean I think it's been like once that he's done this with Miguel Cabrera last year. Um you know, it tends to be for a a veteran player, a player who is uh, sailing off into the sunset, and uh, that's the opposite of Ellie De La Cruz. But it, you know, if there were some sort of uh, special dispensation for a player who's awesome and <laughs> just broke onto the scene and warrants inclusion, yes, I would love to see that now. I will give MLB credit for this. They invited Ellie De La Cruz to the Home Run Derby, yeah. and he de- and he declined the invitation. I don't know, Dan. Don't you think the Derby is is like almost more of an event now than the game itself? I mean, if he's at the Derby, he's going to be at all the festivities. He's going to be on national television. He's going to be doing the thing that you like seeing him do, which is hit balls really far, among many other things. But I I don't think that the difference between a Derby invitation and an All-Star invitation is all that different anymore. In fact, a Derby invitation is a lot rarer than an all-star invitation considering everyone and their mom gets an all-star invitation now because of all the injuries and guys who are pulling out. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, you know, the nation wouldn't be aware of Julio Rodriguez maybe as much because of, you know, home run derby. Pete Alonso has made a name or a bigger name for himself there at the home run derby. I, I get it. Plus, you would be able to have him exposed to the media in different markets that maybe wouldn't be following the Cincinnati Reds. And, and, you know, baseball needs more of these stories. It feels like the yeah. story is, does Shohei Otani stay with the Angels? If you're the Angels, do you trade him? What happens at the trade deadline? Uh, how much is yeah. he going to, uh, you know, bring in as far as a, a contract there? That, that yeah. is just a looming cloud. I don't know if it's a dark cloud, but it's a looming cloud over Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's a dark cloud at all. I think the fact that Major League Baseball has a storyline that is going to extend well into the NFL season and be news and be like genuine and legitimate news is a great thing for baseball. But, you know, once the NFL starts, then every other sport has a really difficult time um, getting market share 
to to put it very bluntly. Yeah. Like the NFL is such a leviathan. It is such a, it, like an unrelenting beast on our attention that baseball always runs the risk of fading into the background and becoming a sport whose postseason is consumed only by fans of the teams that are in it. And the idea that you're going to have this thing, this event in the offseason that is the most talented player we've ever seen becoming a free agent and getting the largest contract in North American sports history. Oh, so uh, you don't think anything happens at the trade deadline? You think this story is going to be in the offseason? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not suggesting that right now. I'm I'm just looking months ahead. I think the trade deadline is turning into a fascinating case because I think everyone who's thinking logically in front offices right now believes that the Angels should trade Otani before the deadline, not just because they like want him for their own. Wait, things really changed in the last two weeks with Trout injured and they've lost Uh nine of 10 and now all of a sudden. Uh Okay, but let's add some logic to this. We're talking to the baseball insider, Jeff Passan from the Mothership. Okay, if I'm the Angels and I go to Shohei Otani's agent and I say, are you going to test the market or do you want to start negotiations now? Just let us know one way or another because we as a franchise have to do what's best for us. And while we want to re-sign him, if you guys are going to test the market, we run the risk of not getting anything for him. Has that conversation, have those conversations taken place? I, I think that conversations like that have taken place at some point. I don't know how recently, though. But I got to know that, Jeff. If I'm the Angels, I have to say to Otani and his representative, help us. Let us know. You want to stay here? We're going to make accommodations. But if you want to test the market, then you're testing our patience here, and we're going to run the risk of not getting anything when the Dodgers come in and, and decide that every night's going to be Japanese Heritage Night there. Dan, I, I don't disagree with your premise here, but I, I also I, I also think you're simplifying it a little more, not than is logical. You are being extremely logical right now. I think you're simplifying it more than is realistic. Okay. And I say that because because the way that Artie Moreno, the Angels owner, looks at it is that we have a once in a lifetime player and I'm not going to be the fool who traded him. And we're not going to give another team an opportunity to essentially spend the last two months of the season not just winning with him, but recruiting him. And and perhaps, but you could be the fool who didn't get anything for him. You're right, and that has been the Angels' path the entire time. That they're going to be the fools who get like the 70th overall pick instead of getting an enormous trade haul and re-energizing your your farm system at the deadline and building a new Los Angeles Angels without arguably the greatest player ever. The, the, The conundrum here is not what is the right thing to do. All of us know what the right thing to do is, Dan. The conundrum is can the owner who has been uh, 
you know, shooting himself in the foot for essentially the past two decades. Uh, can he do what the right thing to do is as opposed to letting his emotions about the whole situation overwhelm him into not? Because I don't think the Angels are making the playoffs now. All right. What would you like, do? Uh, you, what would you do with Otani? Oh, my God. I would trade him. Okay. 100%. Absolutely. Okay. If I were if <laughs> if I were the owner of the Angels, yes. Yes. I would say, Shohei, thank you for your service. We need to do what's right for this organization. We hope that you're part of it. We understand, though, after six years of not winning, why you wouldn't want to be. And your first call would be to which organization? I wouldn't have to make any calls. I would I would spend the next two weeks for 24 hours on the phone with everybody begging me to take their trade. And I would I would leverage it so hard. And I you know, I would love to do it with the Dodgers. But, but would Artie Moreno not want to send him to the Dodgers because of the proximity? Of course, but then you have, would he want to send him to the Giants? No, because they're going to be in the mix. The no, Mariners, I'm okay no, with the Giants. I can't have him with the Dodgers. Like, the Giants, I could see. And but, but Dan, your whole, here's the thing. Your, your, <laughs> your, your logic here falls on its face. If you trade him, you trade him because you're looking to get the best package back. You need to divorce yourself. I agree. From I agree. This but this is an owner. the The ego of the owner of of having Otani just down the road, and maybe we didn't get the best deal. But I can't be reading about him in the L.A. Times every day. I can't see him on the uh, local news every day. Put him in San Francisco or some other place. Otani and I. You know what I would uh, like. Otani in Atlanta. Oh God! <laughs> I, just want to, I just want to see him on that team. Oh my God! <laughs> just, to, just to see how good they can be because they are a really, really okay. Paulie thinks the Braves. He said the Braves could win 116 games in the preseason. He said the Braves will win 116 games. I think they've lost too many to get to 116. Right? Like, isn't that? This is 116, like a 46 loss season, and don't they have 29 already? Yeah. Well, there's you can't say no chance; it's low chance. Yes, low chance. Right. I did pick them to win the World Series before the season, so I'm with you, Paulie. I wasn't going 116 wins. That's a little aggressive. All right. Uh, well, Jeff, thank you. Enjoy the festivities there. Home run derby tonight on the mothership at uh, eight Eastern. He's a senior baseball insider, not to be confused with just an insider. He's Jeff Passon. Jeff, thank you for taking the time. Thanks, buddy. Have that, a good one. Enjoy the derby tonight. That's Jeff Passon. Probably had some cigarettes and whiskey before he came on because he does try to outvoice me occasionally. Yeah, you could hear it. Definitely. Probably practiced in the mirror a little bit. Like, uh, no, Dan, I'm... I didn't designate myself an insider. Of course I would trade Shohei Otani. All right, I get it. Uh, a couple of phone calls in here. Best and worst of the weekend. Buddha in San Francisco. Buddha, thanks for holding, and welcome back to the program. Well, welcome back to you boys. And, Dan, who likes it when you guys take a week off? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> we do. Uh, PP, I got <laughs> I got a I got a question for you, DP. Okay. Um, while I give you while I give you my best and worst of the weekend, 
the inner psalm and wine guy in me, Dan, would like to know what was the best wine you had while on break. But uh, first, Dan, the worst of the weekend, DP, all the haters losing their minds on Friday after Wemby's debut. It was no, like, no. people need to pump the brake. The kid's only 19. So, And best of the weekend, DP, Ellie De La Cruz just showing off, Dan, stealing bags on the diamond while the other team looked around like boys on a Little League team. You don't see that every day. That was pretty awesome. So you guys have a good week. All right. Thank you, Buddha. I had a bottle of sea smoke, Pinot Noir. Hard to get. Great bottle. A little pricey. But I uh, had a uh, couple of bottles of, not at the same time, of uh, sea smoke there. Uh, let's see. Craig in California. Hi, Craig. What's on your mind today? Dan, are you there? Yeah, Craig. Hey, bud. Hey. Uh, first time, long time? Six foot hard. Hard. 195. I loved it when uh, uh, Ashton Kutcher did that. <laughs> I'm just giving you guys, yeah, just giving you guys a love. Uh, you guys do such a great job. Um, I'm a truck driver, but I caught you on Sirius XM. Been listening to you guys forever and. Just a great program. Love you guys. Well, thank you, Craig. It's nice. Didn't have a best or worst of the weekend. No complaint. It was just uh, something nice. It just appreciates us, including you, Todd. Including me. Yeah. That's very nice. Yeah. He didn't say that, no, but you I. You could tell. It, it feels inclusive it when he said kind that. Kind of threw me in at the last minute. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll take it. All right. Uh, Brandon in Texas. Hi, Brandon. Hi. How's it going? Great, Brandon. Hey, uh, bears. We got to get back to this bear thing before somebody accidentally gets eaten. Oh. So, uh, black bears and grizzly bears, both both self-proclaimed bear insider here, by the way. Oh. Uh, both both black bears and grizzly bears climb trees. Black bears are do it regularly. It doesn't matter if they're cubs or full size, and if it's if it's black, you fight back. If it's brown, you lay down. If it's white, say goodnight because you're not going to make it. So those are the bear rules. We need to get that clear before somebody out there gets hurt and you guys get blamed for it. Oh, I'm not going to get blamed for it. I didn't see a bear. I was just told about that. But, Brandon, thank you. Yeah, Paul. He went really fast. Can we review that? Because I think he said with a black bear, you fight back. Oh, no. Oh, Tyler just hung up on him. Figure it out on our own. So brown lay down, black fight back, white Good night. I've seen people up north, the people I know who have bears come in their backyards, they just go out there and bang pots and pans and kind of yell at the bear, and the bear takes off. Like, they don't want any part of it. Those are black bears in, like, Vermont and places like that. Mm, okay. But I don't know about brown bears. All I know is this guy who is a real outdoorsman was telling me about bears that he had actually encountered. And I said, hey, uh, you know, do they climb trees? And then he said, not all bears climb trees. He said, but cubs can climb trees. Maybe we get a, a you know an actual bear expert who can give us the official definition of what to do, the strategy of what to do when you're encountering these bears. Just so I, I do a public service announcement. I did not run into any bears in Montana. I just ran into somebody who has run into bears before when he was out uh, bow hunting uh, elk. That's all I know. And uh, 
He, he said, you know, until you're 20 feet away and you, you know, you know that this is, this is life or death. Yeah, Marv. Is he one of those guys where he looks like he doesn't wear like an actual like coat? He just wears like a flannel all year long? Like a coat, that's for suckers. No, this guy, uh, his name Kelly, and he is a bad dude. He is a like nicest guy, but he he lives the life. He's in a, a a small, you know, cabin. There's no heat. He cuts like seven cords of wood a you know winter or something. Does all of that. Goes out and gets his food. You know, kills it in the mountains and brings it back down. Missing a finger, but a great story behind yeah, it. Yeah, but you know, didn't even care that he lost a finger. Yeah. Yes, yes, Marvin. You said his name was Kelly? Yeah. You know he's a tough guy because I'm sure somebody tried to make fun of him when yeah. he was a kid. Well, Oh, your name's Kelly? Like Kelly, Tracy, Jamie, and people that are guys? <laughs> Try them. Try them. See what happens. Yeah. No, this guy was the real deal. He was an unbelievable guide, fishing guide. Unbelievable. But he's there all year round. That's why it's beautiful in the summertime in uh, Montana. And we're outside of Butte, Montana. And... It gets to, you know, you're like, oh, I could live here. Ah, oh, the scenery is gorgeous. And then I go, what's it like in the winter? He goes, you don't want to be here in the winter. And this is from, you know, if he was in a tough man contest, I, I would back him. But uh, he just said it gets, you know, really cold. And nobody goes out, you know, it's, it's survival the fittest. Yes, Todd. I find this fascinating. I was doing a little search on bear encounters and what to do and not do. Number one on this particular list, <laughs> identify yourself by talking calmly to the bear so he knows you're a human and not some sort of prey animal. But what, what am I supposed to do? Say, hey, I'm, I'm Paulie from the Dan Patrick Show and hope he watches? What, Could what you gonna... imagine that bear if Todd started talking to it? <laughs> He'd be like, will you shut up? Let me just eat you. Boy, I just make him so crazy. He just runs in the other direction. I can't deal with this guy anymore. He talks Headline, like bear, bored to death in the woods. Slurs his, he can't make the SH sound. Takes on life after being bored for half an hour. Yeah, if you start to... Want to know what my the commute bear is? is? That could set the bear off. He's like, what? What did you just do? What, what's my commute from the tree to the river? I don't know how to answer that. What's wrong with this guy? He wasn't even sure if he should have shown up. Let's take a break here. Introduce yourself to the bear and speak calmly. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Dave McMenamin, ESPN NBA reporter in attendance for Victor Wambayama's Summer League Games. Kind enough to join us. Dave, give me the uh, atmosphere of those two games, and is there anything comparable with Victor Wambayama's debuts? Well, Friday was off the charts. Uh, I would say two, three hours before tip-off, you had Thompson Mack Center which on UNLV's campus was already about 90% full. Uh, and it ended up being this excellent crowd for Jabari Smith Jr. and the Houston Rockets to pull off uh, a last-second win against the Portland Trailblazers. Um, uh, you know, you had – I was talking to Brent Barry, who, you know, you guys remember Brent was a dunk contest champion, a longtime NBA player. He works for the Spurs front office. And he's like, you know, Victor has – Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sitting on one baseline to watch his debut. <laughs> Jerry West on the other. He's like, my summer league debut in Long Beach wasn't anything like that. Uh, and it, it was just teeming with uh, you know the glitterati of the NBA. You look one place, there's Jason Beverly Hills, the guy who makes the championship rings for everybody. Look somewhere else, you have Jeff Hamilton, the guy who makes those leather uh, gaudy jackets that, that the champions wear. Um, and then beyond that, of course, every team's front office um, and I'm not just talking about the GM. I'm talking about the GM all the way down to the last d- data guy was in the stands, um, just you know, hoping to see some history. And obviously, we know that the Victor didn't play all that well on Friday, um, but yesterday, with you know, I, I guess with some of the pressure off, uh, he was incredible. Uh, 27 points, 12 rebounds, three block shots, um, led a. The comeback by the Spurs uh, late in that game hits a three-pointer when they're down four with about two minutes to go to cut it to one, and the roof was ready to come off the building. And you know, Victor's going to now shut it down uh, for the remainder of the summer league, and now he has that to mull on, that, that really strong performance 
uh, to give him confidence going into training camp. Yeah, people overreacted on Friday, and they're probably overreacting on Sunday. Um, and I'm I'm just looking for what I think is sustainable. I, I think it, you know what he does on the defensive end is going to be impactful right away. Offensively, it looked like he, you know, he takes off balance jumpers. Like he, he's still not quite sure. But defensively, I, I just think if they keep a stat for shots altered, I, I think that that would be interesting to combine. He might not get blocked shots, you know, a couple months into the season the way he did to start because guys are going to be like, I know I can't go in there and do that, but. That's the the feeling I get, and he seems like he's he dunks politely. He he doesn't block with you know this authoritative. I'm going to send it into the seventh row. Like there's, I, I, he just feels like uh, calm. Like he's there's a calming dominance to him, certainly on the defensive end. Well, Jerry West did an interview and compared him to Bill Russell, and obviously that's you know the the, the greatest winner in, in NBA history. Um, but when you mentioned the fact that you don't see the ferocity on his block shots, you know, Russell's a guy that that always was credited for, why am I going to block the ball into the stands <laughs> when I can block it and corral it, get it to a teammate, and all of a sudden we're off on a fast break? And certainly he has that ability. Uh, defensively, he was exposed a little bit in the Charlotte game, the first game, in terms of getting switched out into the perimeter. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Miller kind of had his way out there, and, and that will be part of his development, the lateral quickness. And certainly uh, for him to continue to be as effective as he has been with eight blocks in these two summer league games, when it comes to the big boys, uh, he's going to have to put bulk up a bit. I'm not saying change his frame completely. You know, back in the day, Kevin Durant, people said, well, you can only, you know, rep 225 pounds with the uh, uh, bench press that many times. Isn't that a problem? No, and clearly it hasn't been. Uh, But just the, the overall strengthening of his body, Will, will help him because he's going to be bounced around a lot. And uh, I, I think at some point he's going to be uh, targeted by some of these, these veteran teams because they recognize, um, you know, whether, I don't know, jealousy is the right word, but the hype train is coming 100 miles per hour with this guy. And um, he's not quite a fully uh, formed product yet. Yeah, but I wonder, you know, who's going at him and where are they going at him? If they do switches, well, he does have that wingspan that even if you're, you know, I'm four feet away from you, I can still affect your shot. He won't have the quickness to stay with these guards. But, you know, I watched that with Joel Embiid in the NBA playoffs. He got abused by Jason Tatum on the perimeter. It happens to these guys. But none of those guys has the, you know, the wingspan that Victor Wambayama, he might get switched out, but he's going he's gonna to affect some shots out there. And he also said, I don't need to bulk up. Like you, you, you know, are these guys going to be able to keep up with him? Because I did notice this: if he blocks a shot or there's a rebound, he's out on the break. Like he re- he goes, he's ready to go, and I want to see if these big men are able to go when he goes as well. So he he does have strengths, but you know they all have weaknesses as well. He has those long strides, and, uh, and the the court awareness is already there, certainly on the defensive end, but even offensively. Now, I, I think in his debut, you saw him put the ball on the floor maybe a little bit too much, a little bit of a loose dribble uh, on a, a few possessions. But the highlight to me in that first game was him kind of running the the, the break uh, and showing some point guard vision with an underhanded shovel pass uh, to a teammate for a wide open um, score at the bucket when all the defensive attention was on him. And, and you know, 
that is the next level of dissecting the game, um, not just going for the, the obvious play there. And then also offensively, we saw in the second game, that drop step, I mean, when you're talking about his length, uh, if he goes to that drop step and you know, kind of the over the shoulder hook shot, you can't touch it. It's unguardable. Um, he continues to develop that. I mean, he's going to be lethal. Dave McMenamin covering the NBA for ESPN. If the Spurs got Scoot Henderson, Greg Popovich's future would be what? A lot of wine and <laughs> some long uh, Italian dinners. <laughs> I, I don't think he'd be signing a, a five-year extension okay. uh, to to continue to coach as he approaches 80 years old. I'll, say, I'll put it that way. And that's no knock on Scoot. That's no knock on Scoot. But the, the victor... Uh, you know, the entire Victor story, it, it feels almost predestined for him to be in an organization like the Spurs coached by a guy like Greg Popovich. What leverage do the Trailblazers have with Dame Lillard and the Miami Heat? I'm not so sure how much, you know, other than the, the fact that, you know, there is no trade clause um, that, that Dame will have to be able to block a trade should he decide he doesn't like that situation and that would allow the Blazers obviously to to find any sort of situation out there that they felt like they can get the best deal from and ultimately maybe that does make this a, a two or three or four team trade mm-hmm. if they can get the Clippers or the Knicks or the Sixers involved with some of their assets but uh I, you know, the, there's the next leverage play would be, and I, I covered a similar situation like this in 2017 when Kyrie Irving asked for a trade and the Cavs didn't find a trade partner until August uh, with the Boston Celtics. And, you know, it, it, August, that's when the murmurs started coming out. Well, you know, I, I do have this bulky knee that I, I could get that knee cleaned up. And, and you know, if you, if I'm still in Cleveland when training camp starts, well, I may not be ready to be on the court because I may got to get this this mm. knee fixed. Mm. You know, that would be the play that, that Damian Lillard's camp could make. It, it would be, well, you, know, you want to keep me in Portland, uh, you're not going to see me on the court. What about James Harden? James, and I, I was speaking to a bunch of folks about this uh, Sunday evening, uh the signals right now is that he will be back with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, obviously, you know, he opted in to that last year of his deal that didn't find the market he was expecting, uh, with certainly with the Houston Rockets. You know, they were, they had their money elsewhere in, in Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet. Uh, but as of right now, um, with, you know, certainly no momentum appearing on a, a deal to the Los Angeles Clippers. And Philadelphia, obviously, still needing what he does uh, without finding a replacement for him. Uh, it, it, it looks like there's a pathway for him to come back to the Sixers next year. Yeah, I think he ran out of options. I think he played his hand and uh, felt like the Rockets, as an organization and their players, didn't want him back because that would stunt their growth. I thought Fred Van Vliet was a great signing. I don't know who they were bidding against for Dylan Brooks, but uh, they got Dylan Brooks. And uh, I think he said, I'm in everybody's head every single night or something like that. Like, uh, you might be in your own head a little too much there, Dylan Brooks. 
He knows how to play the heel, though. I'll give him that. Well, I don't think he embraced it, though, Dave. When it really, (laughs) when 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 we wanted you to embrace it, like you want to be a tough guy, then then all of a sudden he's like, I don't want to be a tough guy anymore. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, the villain, Dylan. Well. LeBron James, I guess, is not to be trifled with is one lesson he learned from that playoff series against the <laughs> Lakers. But certainly, uh, you know, even though we, you know, we all were a, a little shook in the industry by seeing the report that the Grizzlies would welcome him back under no circumstances whatsoever, uh, whatever he did, however he played on the court and however he marketed himself outside the court, uh, it resulted in an $86 million payday. Oh, so I know. I know, I know. Hey, Dave, thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time as always. Thanks, Dave. That's Dave McManaman. He covers the NBA for the mothership. I haven't had enough time to talk about this Northwestern situation with their head coach and uh, the hazing, at least uh, the allegations of widespread hazing. Um, Pat Fitzgerald's the head coach, and a former Northwestern football player came forward with the allegations of widespread hazing, within the program, spoke to the university president last night, spoke to uh, ESPN on the condition of uh, anonymity. And uh, this started with the school newspaper, a great journalism school at Northwestern, and uh, they reported that there were hazing moments here uh, against freshmen, and uh, this player went forward. A current Northwestern player who asked to remain anonymous also told ESPN yesterday that the former player whose allegations uh, launched this investigation informed him of a detailed plan with the objective to take down the head coach. And uh, the current player Sunday relayed a conversation they had earlier this year with the former player to uh, Northwestern trustees and other influential university figures. And this is what I would caution people, and maybe it's too late to caution people. You have to give somebody due process. Everybody wants to jump to a conclusion. Oh, this happened. This does happen. How long has it happened? The coach should be fired. Now, he has been disciplined, that uh, given a two-week suspension. Now, granted, at the end of June, early July, it's more, I think, of the symbolism of that, that the university is suspending somebody who has really kept Northwestern's football program on the map. Now, this is where I think he's vulnerable. Let's say some of this is true. He went 1-11 last year. He goes 11-1, he probably survives. But once again, got to give due process here and hear both sides to this. And that's where I want to be fair to Pat, who's been a guest on this show. I don't know him. We did reach out. We wanted to let him have an opportunity if he wanted to. Uh, That's the approach that you should have with this. Get both sides of this. I don't know the player. Uh, He's chosen to remain anonymous, or we would reach out to that player. Uh, But as far as the allegations, um, you know, the the former player said that he was going to go public uh, with the detailed allegations if the university investigation did not result in Coach Fitzgerald being fired. He's down for two weeks. Uh, People have called for a harsher punishment. Uh, People have called for no punishment right now until you do your internal investigation. But uh, I I would just tell people, whether you're in the business or not, due process, we jump to conclusions. 
I go back to the Duke lacrosse team. I mean, they didn't get due process. Cost them a lot. Probably cost them far more than playing in uh, lacrosse games. But we do this. We jump to the conclusion, and then we've already got our opinion. And whether you believe it, 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 do I think hazing still happens? I do. But I don't know to what degree it happens. So you can say, is this isolated? Maybe. Did the coach know is really what this comes down to? Did he know? Go, go back to Rick Pitino at Louisville. Due process. And look, I said, at the, when I was hearing all this information, I was like, how do you not know? There's only like 15 guys that you have to keep track of. And they're in the dorm and you have somebody there. Like, how hard is that to, you know, keep an eye on? And I was cautioned by somebody at Louisville and just said, due process. Give Coach Patino an opportunity to defend himself. And then, as it turned out, you know, he won his lawsuit against Louisville. So, due process. I know it's a football team. There's a lot of players to keep an eye on. And could this have happened? Sure. Did it happen? I don't know. Because now I have one current player and one former player. I need a little bit more than that. I did talk to somebody who had once coached with Coach Fitzgerald last night and uh, talked to him for about 20 minutes. And he said he's one of the finest people I've ever met, and I can't imagine that he would have known about this and allowed this to happen. And I said, okay. He said it's, it's not like uh, Joe Paterno in Penn State. And I said, okay. I mean, that was really serious allegations there under Coach Paterno with uh, Jerry Sandusky. But, you know, he, he spoke highly of Coach uh, Fitzgerald and uh, just said, I would be shocked if this was true and that he knew about it. But due process, and if it comes out that he knew about it, then, you know, he'll lose his job. He might lose his job because they went 1-11 last year. I mean, let's be fair. <laughs> That's, you know, it goes with your talent, performance, and then what are you accused of? Because there are a lot of guys who hold on to their jobs because they were really good at their job. Yeah, Paul. It is almost ironic. If they want to fire him for being 1-11, they could do that anytime yes, they, they want. Could. And there's no laws against anything. But if they want to fire him for a cause of action or something like an incident, then they have to go through everything. Like you said, Rick Pitino, he sued, and he didn't even get the money. He just wanted his record, almost like his record expunged. He wanted them to admit that they, you know, they were wrong. And they fired him without a proper investigation. Yes. Which is what it turned out to be. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Ah! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.